And welcome to the Hard Guy Media Podcast. We are back after a six-week hiatus. And we have uh, Mr. Brian C. Tyler and Sean Henderson joining us today. <clears throat> as well as E.T. will be uh, phoning him to discuss the uh, Scream series. Uh, something we're, a big, we're all big fans of. Obviously, uh, written by uh, Kevin Williamson. Directed by the uh, immortal Wes Craven. Uh, and, you know, the Scream series, something that changed the, the horror genre, reopened the slasher, if you will, in my eyes. So, initial thoughts. Scream series, we're doing it. What are your, you know, let's talk, boys. So I'm going to you first. Okay. You want to know my first memory? Yeah. Okay. So, I was like seven, I think, when it was coming out. I remember the preview. And I was like, I didn't understand the concept of cell phones. This is a really interesting story. This is interesting. So I didn't get, like, why is she, like, so scared when he's calling her on the phone? He's obviously not there. But then they also show the shot of, like, the car driving, which was very misleading. Because you're like, the killer's not there, but he's on his way. You know, it, this is definitely like the the where cell phones became popular, and now we have Mr. Uh, Eric Tyler ET joining us to discuss the Scream series. And then when I first Hello. saw it, Eric here, ET was watching it on VHS when he rented it. Remember that, Eric? Sure, I do. Of course. Yeah, and you were like halfway through when I came in. And I did not see this blonde girl that was all over the trailers and the posters. And I'm like, where's the blonde girl? And you're like, she's dead. <laughs> died in the beginning. <laughs> so. I didn't hold back. That, like, gave away what would have been a pretty big surprise for me. Because I thought she was going to be the main character. Now, I mean, talk about, you know, Wes Craven created, you know, obviously one of the biggest... Can One I say the, something? Well, well, let me finish my thought first, Decker. Sean hasn't gotten to speak yet. All right. Well, I have I spoke. Yes. Well, it's my podcast. Yep. Um, so, well, calm down. I'm just you made me lose my train of thought because you're trying to shove your dick in the middle of this thing. Uh, so obviously he created Freddy Krueger, and then he created even before that though he created several different characters. And genres, but reinventing it all after a, a hiatus. But he wasn't even gone that long because '94 was New Nightmare, and he kind of rewrote the whole Nightmare on Elm Street, like the way of thinking about how that whole series was to end. This New Nightmare is pretty brilliant. It's it is like a precursor. Think to about that. He does New Nightmare in '94, and then he follows it up. Obviously, we're. I mean, Vampire in Brooklyn was 95, and we all know it's, what a cinematic masterpiece that is. I but. love that Vampire in Brooklyn sandwich between New Nightmares. Yeah, and t- <laughs> you gotta fit a dud in there somewhere. But it's funny, I still love Vampire yeah. in Brooklyn. Eddie Murphy's great. Ahoy, motherfucker. <laughs> um, but, Sean and Eric, what are your guys' first, what was the first time you saw a Scream? Sean, you, want, you can go ahead. All right. First time I watched Scream is my sister was watching on VHS because she rented from Video King, which is funny because I actually was not a fan of the franchise at first. Oh yeah, not a fan until 2011 probably. Yeah, until I got older, then I uh, appreciated much more when 
I actually understood the concept of it. Eric, what about you? Uh, actually, very similar to Sean's. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I saw the previews obviously when I was, when I was very young, and uh, I rented it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, what my parents. I don't even know how old I was really when I rented it, but I rented it and uh, I watched it. That was the first time I actually saw it. Um, it just, you know, around that generation, you're just at least for me, I was you know just getting into horror. I mean, that movie came out when I was 11, so you just starting to get into horror. I think. For a lot of people around my age or our generation, I think that the Scream movies hold, I mean, I would say they hold a special place just because they were relevant around the time when we were just growing up and uh, helped, you know, helped me, helped get me into a wide variety of other movies and, and helped me, introduce me to Wes Craven and, and you know, look into his work and stuff like that. So, more of his work, I should say. So... That, I mean, that was the first time I ever remember seeing it, but I remember being, I remember seeing the trailers for it on television and just being like, just jacked up about it. And it's funny, like BT said, when you thought Drew Barrymore was going to have such a huge role in that movie, because I feel like originally, I feel like they showcased her a lot in those trailers. So, I think but, even then, I, I even before I saw it, seeing like uh posters and stuff with her on it and stuff you immediately think like oh she's gonna be and you know her name was plastered all over the promotions and stuff i immediately thought too and and for some reason i can't i can't remember seeing drew barrymore in anything prior that i was that was like cognizant in my mind of but uh but i knew immediately when i saw her like i recognized her and i was just like oh like she's this gonna be the star of the film and then it obviously takes a takes a, a drastic turn from there but I mean, this is kind of, it's such an interesting cast, too, because you got Nev Campbell and Ski Ulrich, who are two people who were previously, I think the same year, came The Craft, which is another great movie, but those two are kind of, when I think of those two names, I immediately think of, like, dead center, middle of 90s culture, like, actor-actress. Yeah, 100%. I think that whole, I mean, a lot of that cast, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jamie Kennedy, Lillard. Yeah, Lillard. Co- Courtney Cox, of course. Uh, or Cat. Rose McGowan. Rose fucking the McGowan. The bravest woman in the world. Yeah, easy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, anyone who, like, uh, obviously before that movie, I've, I've seen other, like, you've seen other, like, horror movies, maybe not as violent, per se, but like I said, for me personally, like I said, being so young, it, it definitely helped catapult you know me more into into finding more obscure movies and stuff like that so yeah and i think for me i don't i don't remember seeing trailers or anything for it being on uh like tv or anything or even hearing anything about it until uh my parents came home with the vhs that they bought i if i remember correctly probably at like phase or something was just like hey this is fucking to scream it's the guy that did freddy krueger so obviously threw it on i remember watching it on like a sunday afternoon and sold it i was sold immediately it was fucking it was awesome it was everything you wanted in and it it felt it was still at the time where like renting vhs's was still like a hot like a hot thing you were we were all still going and renting videotapes yeah so i mean and it still and it had that as much as it's a 90s film, it's such a throwback to how 80s films were made. And it, I, a lot of it, obviously, is an homage to the entire horror genre. And it's a love letter to, to horror fans, the whole the whole series, really. But uh, 
I mean, yeah, say what you want about the movie, but I mean, what Wes Craven has done, obviously, we know what he did before the Scream series, but then introducing the Scream series and, and totally reinvigorating a genre and pretty much create, I mean, how many, I mean, creating a genre almost after, not really creating it, but just reinvigorating it. And how many movies after that came out so much, I mean, so similar. You have the popular ones like, I know you did last summer and, and uh, like uh, urban legend and stuff like that, but even a lot of the more low budget ones, like he definitely helped bring a lot of those to light after you know, like I said, almost reinvigorating the the genre. And Williamson obviously writing a lot of these that were coming out too. Yeah, he actually. No one wanted to make I know what you did last summer until, until after he, Scream. Oh yeah, because Scream killed it. Yeah, he wrote I know what you did last summer first. I think. What else? He's done a lot of those, like, teen slashers from the 90s. Yeah. I know he did, well, like, Cursed, the other Wes Craven movie. He yep. wrote Cursed. He wrote uh, The uh, Faculty. Yeah, the screenplay wrote... of The Faculty. Now, I don't think he had anything to do with Valentine, but that, right? He doesn't have anything to do with Valentine, no, right? But, but doesn't that stink of Calvin Williamson? Doesn't that seem like something yeah. he'd write? Yeah. He and wrote, he did... well, the final script for Halloween H2O that we see get shot is that's kevin williamson yeah he's uncredited though right gotcha but i and think that did, was explained he, in the special features but and he was doing a lot of stuff like television wise i know he was on a lot of the obviously not really horror related but i'm pretty sure he was like a writer on like dawson's creek and like a whole bunch of other shows like that so oh there's a ton of horror in dawson's creek <laughs> well yeah. i'm exaggerating a little bit only when vanderbeek cries in the meme there so I'm uh, obviously it creates a new uh, a new hero too in Nev Campbell and Sydney Prescott of I think she's kind of uh, kind of uh, a silent a silent legend in the horror is in horror as far as uh, you know characters go. Sydney Prescott is yeah, I mean, a, I the well, badass last girl survivor. That's you, why I'm here, because I know what all the gays on Instagram are saying. What are they saying? Sydney Prescott's right up there with Laurie Strode and Nancy. Well, I was going to say, like I, feel like, I feel like she's got to be up there with, like, the all-time, like, female heroines of, of horror. Like, I mean, when you when you play that same character in such big movies that many times, I mean, how is she not up there with Laurie Strode and, and, and whoever else? I mean, she's got to be in it. I mean, she's a, done four that, Scream films, and... Uh, I mean, if 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 uh, JLC didn't do uh, the new Halloween, she would have more credits on her resume for one series than uh, Jamie Lee Curtis would have. Right. And on a side note, I saw, and I know some of you guys saw it too. I saw her in uh, in Skyscraper with The Rock, and I tell you what, old Dev has still got it. So. Uh, really, it, she really is a great actress, and I think. Uh, Finding someone that looked, uh, you know, girl next door-ish, too, is a credit to, to everyone involved with making this film. But the, it's such a... At the same time, the whole the first Scream film, and we're going to move on, we're going to jump on the other ones once we move down the line, but, I mean, we're going to spend a bulk of the conversation about the first one because the first one started it all in such a landmark film. But with... Even though it's such a 90s film, it's still feels timeless i throw it on and it doesn't i'm not like it doesn't it ages well is what i i guess i'm trying to say is it doesn't feel even though it's saturated in the 90s it doesn't 
doesn't feel like it's aging or that it's oh, it's not as nostalgic like it has more than just the nostalgic factor that a lot of 80s films that aren't really that great have the only redeeming factor of them is the nostalgia that people have going back and revisiting those films they saw when they were young even though they are you know less than less than uh subpar some of them but scream really holds up and you know the cast is like we said ski ulrich is just uh now, could you have, I mean, talk about that 90s hair, too, that mid, uh, that mid, like, a little bit above the shoulder. Also, I love that the poster was, like, shot, like, months after they were done filming, and Skeet's rocking, like, the little, like, fucking Romeo stash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I, awesome. I mean, I, I agree with the, you with what you say, like, pretty timeless. But obviously, it's timeless, and at the same time, it really... It reflects like that era really well. Like the movie is perfect when it comes to like just even like wardrobe down to like. I think that soundtrack is so rad. I think uh, a lot of us love that soundtrack. Oh hell yeah, definitely. Dreams, and it's like, uh, Youth of America by Birdbrand. BT used to rock that uh, soundtrack all the time. I could see BT doing the BT stomp to the fucking the cover of that fucking oh. one that one song with the fucking bells. I had the soundtrack to Scream, Scream 3, I know what you did last summer, I still know. I never had the soundtrack for Scream 2, though. And oh, that, that had the best what, soundtrack. One of the best songs in that is uh, the one scene with the Nick Cave, I think, where they're talking about, where they mention the town that dreaded sundown, right? And then yeah. Cave song's playing. That's such a, I love that scene so much. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, it's in the first three movies, that song. I forgot. Uh, BT, you should probably preference that you're gay. I realize that you just dropped the gays on Instagram. Should, should you pre- should you preface that you're gay? I don't want to get a bunch of hate mail on this podcast because they overlook that one of our your dire- one of our co-hosts is a homosexual. They hear my voice. If, <laughs> they really, I don't think you're your voice. You're not very a, a very feminine gay. Man, follow your podcast enough, they know I'm gay. But yeah, I'm I'm gay. <laughs> so it's okay that he said the the gaze of instagram yeah. i just wanted to yeah. listen that's why i live in a culture where people are fucking strung up like fucking henry winkler in scream well the gaze and i who was also gay we're all gay on instagram and we're all horror fans are they called the gaze of instagram is there a community now page? they are really <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brian's their yeah, Billy Loomis. I should also say that not all of the the people are gay on Instagram. All right, let's move on. Like, this. Yes, yes, we're getting lost in the weeds here. Let's. Bring David it. Arquette. David Ar. Well, I mean, isn't this where they? Isn't this where Courtney Cox and David Arquette met? I believe so. Blossoming. But can we? Courtney first... Cox is just like I want to date that one fucking like half mechanic vampire from fucking Buffy the movie. <laughs> Don't you guys love David Arquette? He is a former WCW Don't champion. You he is. He is a WC, I, former WCW I champion. I love David Arquette, yes. Look at that family, by the way. The Riley family. You got Dewey Riley. Oh. Okay, so okay. Dewey Riley. Who else? <laughs> you know, okay, so David Arquette, Rose McGowan, and the mom. Lil Dog. Is Francis Lee McCain from Gremlins. The woman who yeah. slaughtered all the gremlins in the house. Yeah. It's a pretty cool family. Now. Anyway. Yeah, I I, would, I just want to sidebar this so yes. people can get an understanding of what a great person David Arquette actually is. When he did the wrestling movie Ready to Rumble, 
his entire. What'd you do? Just crack a cold one. Seltzer. Attaboy. No Zevia. No. Anyway, uh, he gave his entire salary from the movie to Owen Hart and Brian Pillman's families. That's fantastic. Nice. Dead wrestlers, Brian. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I thought that that was cool. And he never took credit for it, and it came out like last year that he gave his entire salary from the movie. Anyway, so yeah, Courtney Cox. He's not even the one who said that, is he? No, he, he never. He would never brag. No, he's the man. He's got a killer laugh, too. He sounds like he's fucking wheezing the juice at the fucking 7 Eleven. <laughs> so David Arquette, super great. Hippie as... family. Hippie family, like the. the... Uh, the Phoenix family as well. I think their families intermingled the Arquette and the Summer or the uh, Phoenix families. Okay. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, they're part of some kind of fucked up communal gypsy shit, but good people. Yeah. Well, David Arquette is Dewey, super likable, charming young. He is like, he is too. He's like the goofy, like uh, Barney Fife type character. Very naive, you know. And can we just say we can, have Courtney Cox? Is she likable in this? Is fucking I Gail Weathers even likable? No. no, she isn't, right? Oh well, you know what? Maybe it's because I'm gay. <laughs> but I love Gail Weathers. I think yeah, she comes off as a bitch, but that's part of her job. Sydney had to has, fucking. But Gail has layers, you know, underneath it all. So she's, she's like Shrek. Yes. Yeah, but she's got to get her story. Yeah, but still, she's a little bitch. That's why she's fucking, when she tried to tell Sydney she's going to send her a copy, Sydney fucking Buster Douglas at her ass. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying she didn't deserve to get hit, but I'm, <laughs> I understand why Sydney hit her. I understand why Dewey fell in love with her. I understand it all. Okay, perfect. Well, can we agree that Matthew Lillard's the most likable character in the entire series? Yeah, 100%. Or, Poor Stu. Like, is even, it? He is the co- comedic relief, one hundred percent, in this film. Even after, you know, he's the killer. Yeah, he's fucking still Stu. like, how fucking funny is it? Those when are he, his funny. Those are his funniest scenes when he when uh, when they reveal that they're both the killer, uh, the killers. Those are his funniest scenes. Like, I'm die. Every time I see that scene, I'm dying. Oh yeah. Well, the fucking. <laughs> He's like, I'm fucking dying here, man. Like, fucking hilarious when he fucking... My mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. Like, fucking hilarious. He obviously looks up to Billy and just wants to impress his best friend. Billy is a douche. Billy is such a douche. It's like a... He's a seductive... uh, He's a seductive fiend, though. He friggin... He weasels old Nev's friggin undies right off her. That's sick fuck. Mm-hmm. She couldn't hang on to her treasures throughout the whole film. That's what, you know, you thought she was going to go after that, but she survived. Well, listen, I support Stu. Did you guys know, or Stu maybe I should talk about too, this for, for Scream 3. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm in, just in support of everybody today, I guess. You're, okay. You're right. He's a sick fuck. Can we talk about the love that everyone should have for Kenny the cameraman? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love all the cameramen in the Scream films. <laughs> But we'll focus on but, Kenny right now. Oh, like, real quick, though, while we're on the first one, everyone, uh, who's your favorite character from the first one? Is everyone saying that it's uh, Stu or what? Yeah, can, well, can we do besides, like, the obvious, like, uh, you besides know, the main characters? You, you know what, besides, you know what, I would say Stu, but you know who it actually is? Because he's, like, just the fucking man, is fucking Winkler, the principal. 
Yeah. What's the principal's name? I can't even remember. Principal Hembry. Hembry. <laughs> fucking, when he's fucking, like, threatening the two douches that are, like, fucking terrorizing around with the ghost face mask. Mm-hmm. And fucking, <laughs> he's just, totally like. Totally justified. Oh, yeah, just grabbing the yeah. scissors and fucking just, oh, my God. Or, or Hembry gets hung from the goalpost, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He does. I also love when he fucking pops out of the office when he hears shit and fucking Wes, Wes Craven's Craven. cameo dressed as Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. And then he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> huh? That's not what he sounds like. Oh, yeah, but but he also sounds nothing like Wes Craven. No. He did a pretty good job there. Um, My favorite character... Jamie Kennedy? Uh I've always I love Randy. He's just never my favorite, you know. I love him. Sean, who's your favorite character? I was gonna say Randy. Randy, really? Yeah. Why is Randy your favorite character? I don't know. I can just relate to him. I've never seen you wear a lime green shirt though. I should though. Hey, I like that shirt. It was a fresh job shirt. I was pumped on that shirt when I first saw it. He is a yeah. horror fan. He's a huge horror fan though. I remember what brand it was. Yes. What brand was oh, it? Oh wait. It was called Fresh Jive. They were like big. <laughs> they were called bigger. Than, they were bigger than nineties. They were like a. I think they were like a surf type of company. Was Kenny from uh, Can't Hardly Wait rocking some Fresh Jive? <laughs> no, he was not. He's more of a. I don't even know. Jenko for sure. Jenkos. I wore Jenkos though. So. Can I just say something about Principal Henry real quick? Yes. Got because it. I might forget later, and I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but. There's a statue commemorating him in the high school hallway in Scream 4. Really? Yeah. I don't think I saw that. There was a better view of it, I think, that was cut from the movie, but you can see it to the left of the screen when Jill and Kirby are talking at the locker. Motives are incidental. Let's not get on fourth for you. Well, I'm just saying because I'll forget later, and it's about Principal Hembry from the first film. All right, what's what's your favorite scene in the original Scream? Well, uh, poor Sydney's got to deal with like her whorish mother's ways and fucking uh, Billy's psycho ass, and her dad's obviously like an absentee piece of shit. Like, she she is living in a nice house, so mom and dad did something right, but that's about it. Oh, that house is amazing. I want to live in that house. My first, my favorite scene is probably two of them. One is obviously when uh, we find out who the killers are, and that whole you know dialogue back and forth is hilarious. And then. I think another really cool scene is when um, the killer first goes after Sydney when she like falls asleep. And oh yeah, Tatum's got to pick her up and she uh, is on the phone and uh, yeah, he calls. Gonna... I think that's a pretty cool scene. Pretty yeah. suspenseful. Yeah, I do like that. The movie shot really well too. It's a, a fun movie to watch visually. I feel like it's uh, I don't know. It's very sleek too, and it didn't look like complete dog shit like. Like clueless. Well, one scene's put some money into it. Uh, we should move on to two now. Wait, Let's no, one. We haven't even talked about our favorite scenes. Let's hear them. Jeez, Eric, always about himself. Um, I think mine's probably the video store when Billy and Stu are like kind of interrogating Randy. <laughs> that was a pretty great. Scene. I do like that one a lot. Also, uh, for some reason, I love Tatum's death. Yeah, that's a good one. Dying in the doggy door. Yeah. That is and a great death. 
she's nipping, so. She is nipping hard. Hard, Hardly nipping. I don't know if it's my favorite scene, but I love the opening scene. I think it's super effective. I think the dialogue between Casey and the killer is really great. He's big and he plays football and he's kicking. <laughs> well, like early on in the scene, it's like Casey's like a super likable character, right? She's a really good. <laughs> as taste. soon as she said he's big and he plays football, and don't get me wrong, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. But as soon as she said that, I was just like, I can't wait for this bitch to die. Yeah, she has a really good taste in movies though, and she's really sweet. Like you, you call her and you have the wrong numbers. No, she like, didn't. She didn't even know Jason fucking wasn't in the first Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, but how many times do you guys rewatch the first film, right? You usually throw in four or six. I don't mean dick. Okay. Still, ooh. Uh, whether you like Casey Thomas or not, down. the opening scene is one of the greatest. He's big and he plays football! <laughs> the opening scene is one of the greatest. Move on. Fucking move, just move on. That was a great scene when her boyfriend got gutted like a fucking filthy pig. Can we agree that the opening scene is one of the greatest opening scenes? Oh, yeah. In yeah. That, that, I think that is, I, I, and, and this is probably ballsy to say, but I think it is the greatest opening to any slasher film. Is there a slasher film it. that opens better than that? Um, what do you think, Sean? The only scene. ones I know that like rival it kind of but aren't necessarily better, but I say are also up Opening there. scenes, though? I mean, Our fuck. Halloween, the opening scene in Halloween. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really a slasher, but the opening of Suspiria is pretty amazing. Also, if you disagree, and you're some of the few uh, diehard followers that listen to this, let us know what you think rivals the actual, the best opening scene in a slasher. Sean, what's your favorite scene in Scream? The video store, and then the opening. Very nice. Very like nice. it. Like it. Can I say something about the video store? Liver alone! <laughs> <laughs> what? I love when the girl walks up and she's like, what's that werewolf movie with E.T.'s mom? Howling reference. A lot of horror movie reference. Obviously, Kevin Williamson was just writing a big, uh, you know, come fest to us. I was confused for years. Until really? I saw the Howling. Oh, and you I have a daughter. And I also <laughs> want to say that this movie prompted me. This is what started me renting all these random horror movies. Interesting. At Video King. Interesting. Is, I wanted to rent. I rented Prom Night, Carrie, Psycho, etc. Because I heard them all referenced in the movie. So because of Scream, I saw all these movies. Final question on the first one. Obviously we know how great this film really is oh wait we're gonna do two more things on the first one because we're gonna two we're gonna spend some time on three will probably blow by it a little bit because three sucks actually it's really it's it's pretty good i've rewatched it but it's definitely doesn't hold up to the other three and then four is great we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about four last two things though on the first one one what Per, who did you initially before it was revealed who were your do you remember who your first thoughts of who the killer actually was i guess uh, the first killer but i didn't guess fucking matthew uh, oh fuck cotton weary of course great name see i like i said i watched it halfway through so i didn't have enough time to like really get to know <laughs> any of the characters i think the killers were revealed like 20 minutes after i started watching gotcha sean who'd you think, think the killer was 
Well, like, right after the opening scene, like, as soon as, uh, Sydney's boyfriend came in, I'm like, that guy's probably the fucking killer. Yeah, I kind of thought Dewey, gonna to do be honest for with you. Each one? I, what? Are we going to do this for each yeah, one? That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I thought, I'm with you, Eric. If I remember correctly, I thought it was Dewey, too. The most unsuspecting. But he was also, and I think there's hints to it, though, in it, too. Remember when they opened it and Dewey was holding the mask? Mm-hmm. She opened yeah. the door. And then he gets like kind of weird with uh, with Gail a couple times. And you don't really know. Yeah, yeah, where he gets like a little, like he's really pissed, or yeah. he's just like, well, yeah. I think originally that's what I thought, but obviously Stu or uh, Old Skeet, we thought maybe he could be a part of it too. So. And if you had to, if you had to rate this one, on a. On a scale one to ten, where is it landing? Ten. Ten. Very nice, Eric. Yeah, I mean it's right. It's 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 right up there, nine or ten. Yeah, I mean if I, yeah, nine or ten. Sean. Nine. Very nice. nice. I'd say nine and a half. I like it. All right, let's let's move on to the great Scream Two, just a year later. Now, now Sydney is in college. I thought, it, I mean, if Dude, I could just Randy. say the storyline, I thought I thought it was a great storyline. Like, her, like, obviously progressed along into college. I thought they, nothing seemed, like, forced when it came to the story. Did you see it in theaters, Jesse? Did I not. You did not, right? There. Did not. I actually got, uh, went to, went to Video King, saw the promo poster saying you know it's coming this date or whatever when it goes on sale obviously that's when it was able to be rented to mm-hmm. uh and uh i remember going and renting it and watching it and loving it and it was awesome yep we saw it in theaters me my brother here and my dad and it was one probably one of the most exciting experiences in the 90s I at the movie that. theater because it, it was, opens in the movie theater scene. Yeah, that and, you know, it was my first horror movie in theaters, and there was a lot that I was excited about. Like, Buffy was going to be in it. I was already watching Buffy at the time. She was popping. Um, and, shout out to my girl, Sarah Michelle. And we just had, we had no idea who was going to live, who was going to die, who was going to be the killer. Like, and it was, it was fun. It, and another great opening scene, too, the movie theater yeah. scene. That's yes. so memorable. An, an uh, amazing fucking actors in this too. It opens with yeah. Omar Epps. Omar Epps. Fucking Jada Pinkett. Pinkett Smith or Pinkett. I'm not sure. Heather Graham. Heather fucking Graham too. <laughs> yeah. Obviously now it's a movie within the movie. Yes, Dad. So I, and I think I could be wrong, but maybe Williamson kind of took that like uh, like newer style from Craven, like Craven, like you know the with new nightmare like the movie within the movie type thing i wonder mm-hmm. if that was kind of an influence to have like stab be the movie within the scream series you know what i mean it's so like which follows through the film through the franchise at that point did stab you know does. robert rodriguez directed that scene the stab yeah yeah and did you know kevin williamson actually gave wes craven a lot of freedom with this one i guess in the script he would just write like wes will make it scary really yeah that's awesome uh, but yeah, Sydney obviously is in college. 
Uh, like we're not a... like we're not breaking down the whole film and explaining what each scene is and what all that's. Oh, we lost Eric. We'll have to bring him back. Maybe his phone died. But yeah, we're not breaking down like and explaining what the movie's about. If you're listening to the Scream series podcast right now, like obviously you've seen the films, and if you haven't, watch them and then listen to this and hear our takes. I don't think ET's coming back. Maybe his phone died. Would it be ringing even if his phone died though? No. Maybe. It's ET coming back. There he is. Sorry. No, it's all good. But yeah, we're not breaking down the films because obviously we said like if they're uh, if someone's listening to this, they've already seen them. But what yeah, did I miss nothing. Just okay. some some rambunctious assholes outside of uh, the compound here. But other than that, nothing. So Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Jerry O'Connell. Finally, I think other than Joe's apartment, this is the only thing I've I, up until that point I'd seen him in besides Stand by Me and Joe's apartment. Did you know Calendar that it Girl. was the same kid from Stand by Me? Yes. When you saw it, though, Jerry O'Connell. I did not know that. Yeah. I tell you right now, I hated him throughout the whole movie. The only thing that saved really him is that he was Trip McNeely. <laughs> Trip McNeely. Also, really, how could you hate Jerry O'Connell's character? He was unlikable. What do you mean? There was nothing to like about him. I thought he was, like, mad likable. More likable than Randy. I wanted Randy to have Nev, okay, Sid. And uh, I just thought, you know, she, she, he wasn't her style. Why is she dating that guy? He's, like, a pretty boy, like, in the, in the frat. And she was, like, that was, like, her dark, uh, you know, she was really dark those days. I just, uh, I never liked Jerry throughout the movie. I will say... Um, his character, I should say. I don't like his character. I will and, say, I think... Oh, Trip McNeely. I keep thinking he's done. Yeah. That's my thoughts on Trip. Well, I think, objectively, he was a good boyfriend. But, personally, I think he was a little too clingy. Like, obviously, there's a killer after her. She's not trusting anyone. She wants to feel safe. And the only way she felt safe was to cut herself off from, you know... Everyone except, like, Dewey, obviously. Right. And he's just like, well, well, don't you trust me? Don't you like me? I don't want to leave you alone. I want to protect you. It's like, dude. Yeah. Give her a little space. Yeah, She's but he also retrayed the scene from Top Gun, so. Yeah, well, I don't think Sydney's ever seen Top Gun. Also, I think that is him being a good boyfriend wanting to protect her. No, I... Is that fucking stupid? She had just been through a fucking the Woodsboro massacre. I don't disagree with you. I said objectively he's a good boyfriend. Well, people would speak objectively. Sometimes you need to know when to give a girl some space. (laughs) I I think this bitch doesn't need any space. She had enough space (laughs) when her dad was on a trip. Her mom's in the fucking ground. Billy's outside jerking off with a fucking cell phone. Uh, I think she needs someone she, to be a little closer to her. She clearly stated that she wanted space. Talk, I'm talking about she doesn't know what she's talking about. I think we're spending too much time talking about him. We need to be talking about better stuff from, from number two. Okay. Timothy fucking Oliphant. Love him. One of my favorite actors. One of the best actors going still today. He was great, and he still is. He's always been great. Best line in the whole movie? Billy's mother. <laughs> Would you guys say that you were happy when you found out who the killers were? Like, were you? I didn't see it coming, I'm did not, you? Because like, at first I was like, man, this is kind of stupid. 
mm-hmm. she just like found a dude. But then the more I thought about it, it made a lot more sense. Like, if Billy's mother really wanted to seek revenge, what would be the best thing to do? Like, find, you know, someone she could maybe pin it on, or like someone who goes to that school. So the more I thought about it, I liked it. But I remember initially, I was like, this is kind of stupid. Boyfriend killer. Boyfriend killer. Boyfriend killer. Uh, no, I thought it was, uh, I think at the first I was like, oh shit, that woman's fucking Billy's mother. This is fucking crazy. I was half surprised. Fucking Lori Metcalf. Fucking Aunt Jackie. Alright, Timothy, I feel like I shouldn't say this yet because you were going to ask this question later, but I guessed that Mickey was the killer in one scene early on. I will reveal that later. I was surprised that that random reporter from Roseanne was the other killer. I was surprised that she was <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Loomis. And when I say reporter from Roseanne, I mean she's the reporter in this movie and she's from Roseanne. Alright. Best characters? going Definitely 100% going with the cameraman number two. The fucking the cameraman that Joel. fucking... <laughs> Did you get that on film? Yes, I got that on film. I agree with that. Joel's my favorite character from Scream 2. The fucking man. Besides Gail Weathers. And we see the end of Randy. Yeah. Randy gets that flavor-saving soul patch and ass slaughtered. Yeah, I remember Eric whispering to me after his death. What did Eric say? I don't remember. Something. Eric, what'd you whisper to your brother? Something along the lines of like, holy shit, it could, anyone could die. Something like that. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't remember, but... I was, I, <laughs> it was 1997, guys. I mean, I do remember that I was, like, kind of... Sh- like, I didn't think they were... I kind of thought, like, was he, was gonna be, he was going to be... He was going to survive. Now... But I also love that he character. didn't at the same time, you know? Yeah. Sean, favorite character. Yeah, it's going to be Randy again. <laughs> what do you love so much about Randy? Do you think he should have been with Sydney? Dead. He was the fuck. He was the horror nerd. Were you? He definitely nerved Sydney, but you know she just friend zoned him way too early, and it just. Yeah. And, and I can relate to being friend zoned. Listen, no... we need to get a female opinion on here, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Randy from Scream? No. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna ask her? I was gonna see if she'd forget jump Randy's bones. Well, you got a gay guy right here. You could ask me, Sean. So. <laughs> totally would. Yeah, you you don't count though. You'd fuck anything. That's not true. I would not fuck. <laughs> Ra- I would not fuck Randy. Fuck would you fuck Billy Loomis? No. Stu. Right, first off, not, no. to get, not to get grotesque, you're telling me you would not have sex with Jamie Kennedy. Get out of here. I wait. Really? Ugh. Not not now. Eric, would you have sex with Jamie Kennedy? If I was gay. How do you know who you'd have sex with if you were gay? <laughs> I've thought about it. I don't know. Are you talking about like 96 Jamie Kennedy or like current Jamie Kennedy? 96. Jamie Kennedy looks like the fucking kid from Leprechaun 3 that's slowly turning into Leprechaun. <laughs> that's what he looks like. He's. I'd be his friend. You're gonna friend zone him? <laughs> yes. You bitch. Oh. And I wanted to ask you, were you like bitter? Are you bitter that they killed Randy in Scream 2? Or do you think it's cool that they threw in a, a shock there? No, I was bitter about it. 
Okay. He deserved to die, though. He Why? Was a, he was a pussy, and he was he an was idiot. A pussy. I don't think he deserved to die. I don't think anyone deserves to die, but people are going to die in the Scream franchise, and we just have to face it. Yeah. It's been very So we talked about who, uh, who our favorite characters were. So we talk about favorite scenes. There you go. Favorite scenes? Uh, I'm going to go... Probably the reveal is up there. Cause that one's that one was a lot of fun. Also, when Jerry O'Connell's on the cross and gets shot, which is I guess the same. It's the same thing, right? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. I would go with uh, when my girl Sarah Michelle gets it when she uh, old uh, over there at Omega Beta Zeta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then another cool scene was when uh, Sydney's like uh, practicing for the play. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Guys are wearing masks. That was really cool. And then there's a what's his name is. Uh, isn't that a pretty famous actor? The guy who's playing like the teacher. I can't think of his name, but. Uh, David Warner. That dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bridget, you know what Jamie Kennedy is, don't you? Is he attractive? Yeah. Would you sleep with him? Yeah. There we go. Case settled. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> just, just needed a friggin', just needed a female perspective on it. Anybody else's favorite scenes? Yes, I have three. Can I have three? Talk it. Well, like Eric, I love the Omega Beta Zeta scene. Of course you do. Well, I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. I love the dialogue between her and the killer. I love chase scenes. I love... Do you think if you were reincarnated, you'd be the dog from Night of the Creeps? I love horror movies set in sorority houses, and I feel like that was good, like, homage to them. Do you want to die tonight, <laughs> That is a great punchline yeah. to their whole conversation. That was awesome. Second is the whole scene with the car with Sydney and Hallie trapped in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. That's some fucking suspense right there. That was really well done. It was good shit. Although Sydney made a really dumb decision and got her black friend killed. Whoa. Yeah. Why can't she just be a friend? Ooh. Because that she's like the third black person to die in the movie. I mean, come on. <laughs> My third favorite scene is Mrs. Loomis revealing that she's the killer and her dialogue is hilarious. And it's Lori Metcalf being a psycho. It's great. It is great. Personally, I think it's rather poetic. I'm not good at I know, it. I know, I know. I'm not good it at impersonations. Good. It was good. Well, I wouldn't expect you to talk like Laurie Metcalf. Well, I wish that I could. I'm sure you have, at least from her scene in Uncle Buck, where she finds Buck fucking Russell's hump. <laughs> yeah, in the shower sometimes. Yeah. Sean? I don't have a favorite scene in Scream 2. You don't have a favorite scene? Nah. Eric, what are your opinions on Sean not having a favorite scene in Scream 2? I think it's bullshit. I think he has a favorite scene, and I think it's when the Cottonmouth Kings are playing and Jamie Kennedy dies. <laughs> Wait, can we do ratings? What do you rate Scream Two? I give Scream Two a eight, an eight, eight out of ten. Me too. Sweet. Same. See, my problem with Scream Two is it's my least watched one, so I really don't remember much of it. There we go. You That's don't remember least... it? You just you watched three the... more than you watched the second one. I watched three like the other day. How'd you watch three the other day, but you haven't seen fucking Scream Two since fucking Bill Clinton was in office? Why'd you watch Scream Three the other day? That's random. It's <laughs> fucking Showtime. Oh, all right. 
I will say, though, that for some reason, I can't explain why, Scream 2 was not a favorite of mine when I was younger. I've grown to, like, love it a lot more. Yeah, the more I watch it, the more I love it. I used to, when I was a kid, I liked Scream 3 better. Creed's Creed's on the soundtrack. Goddamn right it is. To the third one. Yeah, Aren't they on the second one too? I don't remember. I'm almost positive. They I know what up is on the third one. Yeah, it definitely is. I don't remember Creed's song in the second one, but they do have. Maybe it was my own prison on fucking. They do have that other. Should have been dead on like, a Sunday morning. Collective soul or something. What? Collective the con- the soul case. or collective <laughs> asylum? One of those. Collective things. asylum, not collective <laughs> soul. Not Soul Asylum, Collective Asylum. Oh, Counting Crows. There's a Counting Crows song. Yeah, like those other Creed-type bands. What's that, Eric? I tried to make a dumb joke. It didn't work. Can we hear it? BT was talking over you. I said, Collective O Soul is the Irish version. (laughs) Creed is only on Scream 3. I liked it, Eric. Creed's only on Scream 3. Well, someone should have been in Scream 2. Anyway... Eric, what do you give Scream 2? What's your rating? Sean has no rating because he hasn't watched it except for the first time he saw Randy die. Uh, eight, eight 8.5. 8.5. Sean, what's your rating? I'll give it a 7 right now. Sean, <laughs> 8.9. Hard. How's it hating? 7 is a good rating. Do you remember Eric and Brian and Sean? I can't remember if you were in this one. This is about four years ago. Do you remember when I was doing photography and I, and I had the name card... Of one of the one of the kids, I was taking their school photo, and his name was Billy Loomis. Loomis. I remember that. Yeah. I do. Fucking I classic. Do. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's oh, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, anything else we want to say on screen too? The stab scene with Tori Spelling and Luke Wilson is yeah. great. I fucking Fuck. totally <laughs> forget Luke Wilson did fucking Luke there. Wilson. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Robert Rodriguez also directed that Maybe. Moving on to Scream 3. The weakest of the franchise in my eyes. What if? I mean, yeah, that's kind of... A Scream 3 with the storyline. Uh, what do we got storyline here? It's in uh, L.A. They're, they're making Stab what? Like 3 or something too? Yeah. We skipped over Stab 2. And... They're killing off the cast members, and whoever's killing them is leaving photos of Sydney's mother, who we find out used to be a low-budget Hollywood actress horror. We get a bigger role out of (laughs) Mr. Cotton Weary in this one, though, too. Yeah, well, he had the biggest... We didn't even mention him in Scream 2. He had the biggest Yeah, oh yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah, I guess it was Scream 2. Yeah, we... That library scene is badass, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. We didn't talk about the vindication of Cotton Weary. Yeah, poor Cotton Weary. Wrongly accused. Yeah, a fucking guy gets out. He's accused of fucking raping and killing Sydney's mother. He's out free and gallivanting. Obviously, I think that's what we didn't talk about on Scream 2 before we jump into uh, Scream 3. I thought Cotton was the killer this time. Oh, really? He thought, he thought it came back full circle and it was him now, huh? Yeah, he's like, surprise, Sydney. I'm trying to think about who I really thought like the killer was in Scream Two, not to talk about Scream Two again, but it could have de- they if it would have been really interesting if they would have went with uh, Jamie Kennedy uh, yeah, with Randy think... being like Sydney won't suck it, I'm sick of her. Oh, that would have been a great motive. 
But we gotta remember, motives are incidental. Back to three, but back. I believed, uh, I I believed Mickey was the killer. It was this look he had on his face in the hospital scene after Derek had been, you know, cut. cut his arm, forearm cut. And he was being supportive, but he also had this like, it was like subtly creepy. Like they weren't throwing it in your face. Right. So All it was right. like a little hint. I didn't think Cotton was the killer, because I was already like being a detective. I'm like, Cotton's too obvious. Who else do we got? <laughs> the only one I got was Mickey. I didn't guess anyone else, I don't think. So, Scream 3. Obviously, the One week... more thing about Scream 2. Holy <laughs> shit. Apologize. We aren't getting off Scream 2. I'm the only Gale supporter here. She's at her best in Scream 2. She should have died. That's all I'm going to say, though. I'm not going to go into why. Perfect. But... You don't need to. Because yeah, she won't. didn't deserve to live. She's at her worst in Scream 3, which we are moving on to. Scream 3. Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. Uh, so I was really excited. I wish Eric could have been there, but he wouldn't wake up. <laughs> somehow, this was the year 2000. Would you fucking wake up? <laughs> this was the year 2000, right? I think I was like 11 when it came out. Yeah. Somehow, I had already been accidentally stumbling onto spoilers in 2000. Yeah. So I had known I, I, I knew who the killer was in scream 3 what were you I, on moviepoopshoot.com i don't know what i would have been on in 2000 but i was hoping it was wrong and i would still be surprised but it didn't work out that way so i learned a lesson early on so this is uh but i really enjoyed the movie i have not seen this one since the early 2000s wow I take it back. I watched it on the El Rey Network, like, last year. But I wasn't, like, I was kind of just watching it. Wasn't fully paying attention. But I was enjoying it for what it was a little bit more than I remember enjoying it. So that's one I should definitely fully revisit. Uh, but I wasn't really a huge fan of it. I thought it was just kind of... At that point, I, I think even they thought, like, okay, we're fucking... We're milking... This, this cow's titties are dry. <laughs> like, we milked it for all we could. Yeah, they should have waited a little longer. I mean, I mean that was three years. Um, yeah, but still, I don't think they. I think they still sort of rushed it. You know, maybe. I mean, they didn't have Kevin Williamson, and they didn't want to wait for him. That was the that was the downfall. Yeah, it really suffers from the lack of Kevin Williamson. A lot and of... uh, Corny Cox's terrible bangs. Yeah, but it like does have bangs. Lance Henriksen. It does, old Lancey boy. Lancey. Back when he was only 114. <laughs> like, when I watched it the other day, I don't know. I feel like it gets better every time I watch it. Sean, your opinion, I don't know if we can trust it anymore, because you <laughs> fucking shit-talk Scream 2. I mean, You're shit about ready to give Scream 3 a fucking 11 out of 10. I'm just saying, it gets better every time you watch it. You appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, initial thoughts on who the... That was the weakest part of the movie for me, was the reveal of the killer. That's how I was just like, yep, this is dog shit. Well, like I said, I knew who the killer was going in, sadly. But <laughs> I didn't know the motive, and I think it's it's all very silly. You Did, know, that so, Maureen had a secret life in Hollywood all of a sudden, and she had a son, and blah, so blah, blah. So you've seen two and three in theaters? Yeah. Okay. I've only seen four in theaters. Same here. Same with Sean. E.T., you've what, two and four in theaters you've seen? Yeah, two and four. Nice. So, uh, favorite characters? I mean, 
Maybe the what? fucking Jason Mewes and, and Kevin Smith cameo. <laughs> that's a, my favorite characters. Right. My favorite character is uh, Randy's sister. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Jason and Bob, can we talk about how like Wes Craven had a cameo on Jason and Bob Strike Back? Did he? Yeah, remember they were filming Scream 4? Oh, yeah, yeah. The killer was a monkey? Oh, yeah, yeah. My I think favorite... that was deleted scenes. No. No, that was in the movie. I haven't seen that one in a because, while. I'm uh, going to have to revisit it. Dorothy was just like... Really, West? A fucking monkey? Oh, yeah. That... People love monkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow, I haven't Wait, seen that one in a while. Shannon Doherty. Tyson Fox is my favorite character, played by Dion Richmond, because he's hilarious. He is great. He's kind of got a little bit of a horror uh, catalog. A little bit. What, two films? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he might be in more, but he's definitely he definitely shines in Scream 3 and in Hatchet. Um overall ratings i'm giving it a five out of ten yeah i'm in the five range i mean i'll give I, it a, I feel uh, like my opinion of it has never changed from the first time i saw it i don't think it's any like i mean i think they tried my favorite character is definitely uh what's her name parker posey is that her name yeah um, she was in josie and the pussycat she was hilarious but um patrick can, can patrick I... dempsey is good in it oh he is too yeah, and I don't think up to that point, the last thing I saw him in was fucking Can't Buy Me Love. And Nev Campbell, I, I feel like we get a Great little... film, right, E.T.? <laughs> Love it. Nev Campbell, I think we get a little less of because her, her scheduling conflict. Yeah. But she still gives a, a strong performance in it. Of course she does. Nev holds it you down. And I feel like... Good... I'm sorry, Eric. No, go ahead. I feel like because of the replacement with the writer, like, it wasn't Kevin Williamson, it was... yeah. Aaron Kruger or something. He wrote some Transformers right. movies in the ring. The humor is not the same. It's a lot goofier. The jokes are different, and Dewey and Gale just don't come off like Dewey and Gale did in the first two films. Agreed. They're, they're Agreed. just like they're total comic relief. They it's, don't have any like layers to them this time. So it's it, that goes to show you how you know people think. Oh, it's a scream movie. It's got to do well. If you ain't got the right ingredients to make a Scream film, and one of those ingredients, 100%, is and was and is Kevin Williamson, yes, it's not going to work. But I give it a, I give it a 7, because I still... Holy shit! <laughs> really? Because I still enjoy it. I think the 7 rating might be a little bit of nostalgia, you know? I think if I were rating it more fairly, maybe it'd be a 5 or a 6, but... Do you just, when you think of Scream 3, you just think of, like, Elio's pizzas and just sitting in your room? And... No, I, I think of going to see it with my dad and my brother. And there was there in spirit. Scream 3? Uh, yeah. You just I, said Eric wouldn't wake up. He was there in spirit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, a creepy scene from that movie, actually, I can remember now, is when uh, Sydney's doing the, the, like, suicide hotline and, uh, like, her mom comes to her window. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. That's in that one, right? Three? Yeah. My favorite scene is when she visits the set of Stab 3, and she's, like, looking into the identical set that is her house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Starts fucking with her there. I'd probably go with that. Sean, favorite scene? Copying you guys. Perfect. Which one? We had two different scenes. (laughs) Copying you guys. When uh, Sydney visits the, uh, the movie set. Yeah, except the only thing that's different about her room this time is that there's a Creed poster on her wall. Yeah. So, moving on to four. Yeah. 
I remember hearing the hype for this and being so fucking stoked when this came out. And I remember going to the movie theaters and seeing it, and it did not disappoint. It's fucking... It's an amazing film. It's the best sequel in the franchise. I Come saw on. it three times. I saw it twice. I saw it once. So, Sean, can I ask you a question? Go ahead, Brian. This isn't a diss either, but wasn't Scream 4 coming out what prompted you to revisit the first three films? Yeah. And that's when you finally became a fan? I'm not going to lie. That's not a bad nice. thing. I don't think it's a bad nice. thing. No, no, cool. not at all. Um, no. I mean, it's Wes's... Uh, Wes's swan song. Yes. It's Wes's final film. And I think... And I think you couldn't have went out any stronger than that. No, 100%. I think uh, 100%. He, he nailed it. I mean, I think uh, maybe some people were skeptical. Obviously, I know all of us were really excited. But I think he couldn't have done a better job with casting and just the story. Everything was, like, so great. Um, it really just felt like, you know, one and two. To, to be honest with you, yeah. you know what I, mean? I think it had some minor drawbacks. Oh um, my god! What? No, well, just like you know, Kevin Williamson wasn't there to write the whole thing again. Okay, well, and it was the writer from Scream Three, so there's a few scenes that come off goofy. But my point there is that overall, the film is so entertaining that those flaws don't even bother me. Like I was just glad to be. So are they flaws in... if they don't bother you then? Yes. Okay. Because the. All right, they bother me a little, all right? Okay. But I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> well, like, when I watch it, we're back in Woodsboro again, you know? Sydney, Dewey, and Gal are back. Ghostface is back, killing people. We've got some now, menacing phone calls. Now, this is uh, this is great, great writing, too, is having it, you know, it's all going back full circle. And all the kids are obsessed over the whole Woodsboro massacre story. The Woodsboro Murders. The cast, the young cast is great. You know, you got the the one McCulkin uh, brother there. Yeah. Rocking his fucking long hair. Rory. Rory, yes. Is it Rory? Rory Culkin. Rory Culkin. Rory Culkin? Yeah. <laughs> um, Hayden Pentieri, awesome in mm. it. Very, uh, very likable role. Probably what I think Tatum should have been is what Hayden Panettiere was. Because Tatum... Well, while Tatum was great. I felt like Hayden Panettiere played that, like... That's how you say your name. What? It's Hayden Panettiere. Is that, I thought it was Panettiere. Either way. I, I think she's right. Thanks but... for criticizing, Bridget. Thank you for stopping in. That's all I know about it. Well, there... And that you wouldn't sleep with Jamie Kennedy. I mean, I don't compare it to Tatum. I actually compare it to Randy. She's, like, sexy female Randy. Yeah, but she's not trying to sleep with Sydney. Well, maybe she was. What? Okay, but Randy isn't just defined by who he had a crush on, all right? He was the one with. Yes, he is. No, that's all he's his the character one with was. All the horror movie knowledge. He's always he knew about horror films. He was the one who went over the rules. He knew about sequels to horror films. He's the one who went over those rules. Why is there so much love for Randy in this? And there's, there's a cameo <coughs> on screen for because it's true. <clears throat> Moving on. In Scream 3, there was the posthumous cameo by him. There's a lot of great... And, and obviously... Can we shut that the fuck off? Jesus. Um, You're on your phone. Emma Roberts? Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. Yes. Once she was revealed as the killer, I was all in. When you... Okay. 
I think her performance is kind of not perfect before she's revealed as a killer, and then once she is, it all made it all it came made together, sense, yeah. and, it, and she was so great. She was and, awesome. Like, all right, Rory Culkin and Emma Roberts realistically aren't tall enough or big enough to carry out all those murders by themselves. <laughs> But the performance is solid. Yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, like I said, it's a, and there's a lot of like uh, unfamiliar faces in here that are a lot of fun. Uh, fucking Rory's little sidekick there. What, yeah. What's her, um, who's her shits? What's his name? I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Eric Knutson, I think. <laughs> like not nuts, but like with a D. He's nut yeah, not a T. silent D. He's one of my favorite characters in the movie. You would like nuts, and it's good. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, there's right. a lot of cool cameos in it too. Obviously, having uh, Adam Brody, and I can't think of the I can't <laughs> think of the guy's name. Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. Um, fucking hilarious is the fucking dollar store cops. We have Allison Brie as Cindy's publicist. Oh fuck, I forgot yeah. that she was in that too. Yeah. yeah. Some of the girls from the very beginning, you know, like uh, Anna Paquin at the very beginning. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's an amazing get, especially because that was that was uh, dead nuts in the middle of fucking um, uh, True Blood. Yeah. yeah. We have Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Oh yeah, yep. Um, Amy, Amy T. Garden. I know you guys don't know who that is, but she was on Friday Night Lights. Sinead Grimes on... from Degrassi. Bridget, aren't you a Friday Night Lights fan? Oh, uh, told me about some show, and that opening scene's great, right? The it's fake fucking out, awesome. Like... It's amazing. That that right there is like why the whole series is so much fun. It's because even though it's serious and like it's you know it it, it still has so much entertainment value and it still has so much fun with the audience that watches it. How about yeah. uh, favorite characters? <sighs> That's a good one. Jill, Emma Roberts. Nice. I'm gonna, you know what? Maybe not, but that's the first one that came to mind. As much as it's, it's so, Sydney is just back to form in this. The character is Sydney Prescott. And it's so fun to see her, like, you know, older now and, like, dealing with something that at this point is what, I mean, which is crazy. Think about that. This film came out in April 2011. Original film came out in 96. That's only 15 what is that 15 years later yeah uh so it's 15 years later it's so much fun to see sydney like 15 years older now in dealing with this and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're trying to like redo anything there's new rules there's new fucking motives there's different you know it's such a fresh take on the original awesome idea that is the original screen yeah, yeah it's sort definitely. of Making fun of remakes. Yeah. And yeah, it's so, so, yeah. Like it it's, knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah. And it's... My, uh, did everyone do favorite characters? My bad. Uh, and I want to say, uh, you know, aside from Hayden Penetier's character, because um, uh, I thought she was, like, one of the more likable characters in it, too. Like, that character was a lot of fun. It was kind of like a take-no-shit type character that was really fun to watch mingle through all the other characters and yeah, the give shit gays on instagram love her really <laughs> yeah is it the hair no it's it's her, <laughs> it's her character i know i know yeah. uh so i'd say her but 
I mean, I, I gotta really go with Sydney because it's just she's just the shit. I thought we couldn't do like the main character. Okay, then I'm going with Hayden then. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, with Marley Shellen as the deputy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. She's so fucking He's, creepy. Her From, character is fucking hilarious. She was not in some great films. Sugar and Spice. Anybody seen? Sugar and Spice, Valentine, no, Grindhouse. Fuck yeah. Grindhouse. Oh Favorite character, Sean? Hayden. Oh. <laughs> so are you just gonna steal everyone's <laughs> answers for everything? No. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite scene is definitely when they're filming, when they're screening Stab. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, and that cool with scene. the fucking hay bales and gales up there, fucking. Just because that's something I wish I was a part of. Yeah, that that scene's so much fun. And really, when I, it's so funny, like when when Wes died three Augusts ago, in August 2015. For some reason, when he died, that was like one of the first scenes I thought about. Like after he died, I was like, "Oh shit, Wes Craven's dead." And I remember thinking about that and thinking about how great and how fun that scene is. And like that is to me, like that sums up that scene alone sums up Wes's legacy in in a sense, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Is how much how easy he could make a film be entertaining, and how much attention to detail, and what a, an amazing director he truly was. To like, like you just said, Eric, like you wish you were like a part of that. That's something yeah. not a lot of directors can do, and something West did, I think, effortlessly was have certain scenes in movies and films as a whole where you just wanted to be like characters that were so likable and scenes that were so like so much so entertaining that you wanted to be like a part of it and that is really and even with uh, you know a movie that gets shit on a lot uh by people who are Wes Craven fans is my soul to take like I think he it's just a lot of scenes in that that are very similar uh and I think those are two great films and and that's a hell of a way for Wes to end his legacy and unfortunately obviously dying a and passing away sooner than he should have, but I mean that is Scream Four is a, a, as solid as you could go. You could go to make your final, have it be your final film. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. And isn't it perfect that his final film also references tons of his yeah. earlier work? Yeah. Like, obviously, it's when if anything, she names a, all the horror remakes. Yeah. How many Wes Craven? Wes Craven, like that's a testament to Wes Craven. Like he's an amazing filmmaker that has had so many of his stories retold, and you know a lot which he created. Obviously, Freddy Krueger and uh, you know the the Scream series. Like those films are gonna live on, and I'm sure in another ten years we're probably gonna have a Scream remake. I mean, we have a Scream series that's pretty much a remake, so. I mean, that just goes to show you his uh, influence and, and what a great filmmaker he was and the legacy that he's left and, and how awesome this Scream franchise is that not only did we get the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, but we got the Scream franchise. We got two of the biggest horror franchises in all of cinema that one guy has pretty much ha- handed us. Yeah, we gotta no. do a. We should do a. Do we do a Craven podcast? We should do one. There was a Craven podcast, but I mean, I'll do. I'll do twenty. Craven podcast because he's know, just the man. Always more to say. But no, yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I think he obviously with his early work, he was a pioneer. And then I think when he, you know, his later, he showed how much of a of a fan of the genre he was. And I think, 
it's it's great that he's gonna he's you know it's it's awful that he passed away, but he's definitely gone down as one of the greatest horror directors of all time, and and uh, it shows in his work. Like I said, like being a pioneer in the early days, bringing us like brash stuff like Last House on the Left, and then you know the Hills Have Eyes, and then obviously creating Fred Krueger, who was like one of the you know if not one of the biggest besides Jason and, and Michael Myers. Um, and then reinvigorating everything with Scream, and then while doing the movies after that, just paying homage to all the stuff that he he's done and, and other great directors have done. So I think he's he's definitely one of the best. So and uh, I will touch on uh, my soul to take. I actually I really love that movie. You know, I think it's of- fucking great. I'll never understand the hate on it. I think it's awesome. And he did the same thing. He came back and he fucking you know blew a kiss to horror fans with. Having yeah. a high school horror movie come out in the, you know, the in 2010 when they were dead again. Like, it, there wasn't anything. What high school horror movies are really even coming out? Even now, there's not a lot. There's hardly any. And well, when you know, they come out, they're not good. Yeah, you know, but. You get shit like Truth or Dare. And, I mean, that I it was watchable. But I didn't see it, but yeah. I Wes guess Craven t- makes teen horror movies like we are never going to get again i mean yeah that's i mean they don't make them like they used to i mean as far as it goes with people and film so that's the funny thing with scream 4 i thought the the new teen characters would like ruin the movie they made it somehow they made it yeah somehow they were all even if they were unlikable they were likable so which i guess is like the original scream did everyone mention their favorite scene no so i obviously said mine it was obviously in the the during the screening of Stab, so what's what's yours, Brian? My favorite scene in the whole movie is what? Well, the first one that comes to mind is when Emma Roberts still thinks she has killed Sydney. Everyone else is dead. She's got to make it look like she's the victim. So she's just running around doing crazy shit, like stabbing herself and throwing herself into a glass table. It was hilarious and crazy, and that's what. That's what made me fall in love with Emma Roberts. Nice. You. Sean, favorite scene? I can't say it because Brian just fucking said it, so. <laughs> well, okay. all right. Explain why in your words. You pretty much nailed it, so. <laughs> Sean, you are getting off so easy in this Eric, uh, favorite scene? Next time you're answering before me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to steal yours, obviously, because I said it before, but... I just think the when they're screening uh, stab doing the, the stab stuff, I think that is really cool. And uh, like I said, something that I would have loved to be a part of, something that I would like to do myself. So I thought that was a really cool scene. Can I say something though? That scene always reminds me of when we go to the Palace Theater. Like, oh yeah, I can of. feel that. I can feel that. I mean, that. it's kind of cooler in Scream Four because it's a farm and you don't have to pay to get in there, and it's like. Uh-huh. But it, it definitely reminded me of being at the Palace Theater. Would you guys agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. I can 100% agree with that. Like the beer, the audience participation. The so, so something to say, something to say, not something, but something to say is uh, something we got to talk about before we wrap this up is the voice of Roger Jackson who voices Ghostface throughout the whole thing. No matter who like is the killer... Obviously, with the voice, vocal fucking uh, altering device that they use, that voice is so iconic in the horror world, and obviously to the Scream series, Ghostface, 
now you couldn't have found a better now you think about it there couldn't have been any other voice than roger jackson's voice no yeah well, like, I couldn't super, now is he super iconic somebody uh i remember when we still lived on west Ave. someone pranked me with one of those sound boards i think it was probably <laughs> brian and you guys but uh, <laughs> pretty awesome uh, i don't remember yeah, having a roger right. jackson soundboard Probably a scream soundboard, not a Roger Jackson soundboard. Yeah, it was like a scream soundboard, and it was the same. You know, they asked me what my favorite scary movie was, and it was pretty great. But it was probably Sean and Brian and you, so. <laughs> I, that might I have been before was, my time of hanging remember. with these guys. Sean, I think, pranked my house once and did uh, the Tenacious D cock push-ups thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on our answering machine. <laughs> Who discovered that, you, Chris, or Patty? Uh, I think my dad discovered it, and then he, we we kept playing it over and over again. <laughs> uh, Should we do our ratings? Yes. Ratings. You mean for just this one? I'm going uh, same as the original Scream, 9.5. I'm going 9. I'll go 8.5. I'll go 7.5. Wow. That's why I wanted to be last. I knew it would get a reaction why are you shitting on this one how Wait, is what that? did you how give what did you give three a 7.0 she so scream four is only a half a point higher than scream fucking three in, yes. in your eyes when is seven a bad rating is what i want to know how is seven a bad rating? it's not necessarily a bad rating you but said it was too high for scream three now it's too low for scream four what did you give scream two an eight fuck you think scream two is better than four yeah, like... Wow. I, I do. Here you go. A lot Rank better. all three movies right now. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say one, two, four, and three. Two is not better than four. The fucking Tylers are both high right now. Let's hear it. Uh, isn't is it a matter of opinion? You fucking... I'm just fucking trying to fucking play... One, one two, four, and three. I'm going one, four, two, three. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, mine's the same as Eric's. Sean? One, one, two, four, three. Three and four. Kidding. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sean? Um, I'll do one, four, two, three. One, four, two, three. He's just trying to make sure Jesse doesn't bust his balls. <laughs> My balls have been busted throughout this entire podcast. Why do you hate Scream 2? I love Scream 2. It's number three. Well, but then why is it so ridiculous if someone likes it? I'm not saying it's ridiculous. I'm just saying I'm shocked. I can't be fucking shocked. Shock me, Ace. You're shocked by the ridiculousness of it all. I think it's a valid valid debate between four and four, or two and four, definitely. But I don't know. I just think I, I love four, obviously, but I just think two is, uh, I think for me personally, two edges it out. I think... I think there's, I don't know, maybe more memorable scenes. I don't know. I just think 2 is better than 4, but I still love 4, yeah, obviously. I still love 4. I'm not saying you don't, chill. I think for me the quality of the series is measured by how involved Kevin Williamson was. <laughs> well, I mean, that does reflect in our... Sean put uh, 3 number 1, so... Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, did... We talk about Scream Three. What 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 was Kevin Williamson's original idea? No, what was his original idea, Brian? Do tell. He revealed it years later. Ooh. He would have revealed that Matthew Lillard Stu is Survive. still alive in prison, and you would find out that he 
has like this whole like cult basically of people who look up to him and want to be serial killers so it's like a whole cult of serial killers interesting it is much i couldn't imagine Stu like leading a cult though (laughs) right but i feel like it i feel like kevin williamson would have made it good if they would have reintroduced Stu like with the same like humor his face would be all scarred if fucking Stu would have came back in four, I would have fucking literally head walked in the movie theater and fucking just fucking run right up to the screen and kissed it. Who's the Who's the best killer? Billy and Stu. Billy, yeah, definitely Billy and Stu. I mean, they're originators. I mean, Billy and Stu beat them all. But can oh. we can we name a favorite killer from the sequels? Two, three, four. Um, I'm gonna go. I gotta go too. I mean, Sean, answer first, quick. Nah, you guys can go. <laughs> I don't think you have any of your own answers, Sean. I think that's why you always need us to answer first. Because I don't have an answer. This doesn't. Yeah, I would go. I'd probably go. Uh, Billy's mother and Timmy Oliphant. Yeah. Yeah, they were a great team. They were. Best uh, best cameo throughout all of them. Best cameo, or just like an actor who's in it. I gotta go. I gotta go. Either Winkler, uh, as the principal, him, Principal Hembury. Yeah. Or uh, or Wes Craven. Obviously, yeah. that was, that was like how like how fucking great was that? They just wearing the red and green striped sweater with the fedora and fucking. I know, how right? sad is it that his cameo in Scream Four got cut? That, that is... he would have been in all four. I know. I... I gotta talk. I mean, obviously, it's easy to go west. But I mean, I'm gonna go with my girl Sarah Michelle. But uh, honorable mention, I'll give uh, Josh Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the classroom and uh, too. The classroom and too, yeah. Uh, Charlie Conway from the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, Jay and Silent Bob. There you go. Sean coming out with the original answer. There you go. I don't know if it's my favorite. But I really enjoy the Carrie Fisher cameo in Scream 3. Yeah, that's fun. How she reveals that the real Carrie Fisher fucked George Lucas to get the Princess Leia role. Isn't it funny that the only association I know and care about with Carrie Fisher is the Burbs? That's not a bad thing at all. She's got a great career. Yeah, she was in fucking Blues Brothers. She's in Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. But like, like when you say Carrie Fisher, I'm not like, holy shit, Princess Leia. I'm like, she was holy f- done in Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. Yeah, she was. But I, I mean, to touch Rest on the peace. last thing we talk about, uh, you know, iconic masks. Obviously, the hockey mask, Jason, the the fucking the the sweater and the claw, Freddy, Michael Myers, the Shatner fucking uh, uh, white painted mask. You know, uh... Laid to rest. Laid to rest. The hag mask and curtains. Chrome skull. (laughs) But the ghost face mask, obviously made by the company Fun World. How fucking... The guy that fucking made that mask. How fucking... How hard do you think he's fucking just... He uh, is in his pants right now about how much money he's made. Right now, probably at this moment, he's driving in a Lamborghini. He is. Do you think he's got? I, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make an assumption that he's had sex with had his wife or the girl wearing the ghost face mask. Hey, you guys know the scream mask. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna 
gonna have to hang out one second for me. You guys keep going. Alright. Do you guys remember seeing the costume before it was the Scream costume? I can't the think of Yeah, yeah. I definitely do. Like, vaguely? Like, well, I once remember... I saw it in the movie, I yeah. was like, oh, fuck. Like, because I, I remember, and I still have it, it sits on the Bell Lugosi yeah. light I have over there. I went and bought that mask after I saw the first Scream, and I st- still have it that was, original mask. The the one I saw before Scream, was, it was called the Father of Death costume. Father of Death. They all about like the cheap knockoffs that came out after that. Yeah, like the Just, hard, harder plastic ones yeah. that like if you fucking bend them the wrong way, they'd crack in half. They got ones where you pump blood and blood drips down. Which Brian had. Yes, the, it didn't work the way you think it would. No, no, but, but yeah, guy I got the original that. Fun World one right sitting right over there. A, I wanted the scare the scarecrow and ghost face mask. That was cool. I I was confused by that one, but well, I mean like, there was there. You know, I'm sure it sold fucking great, too, because yeah. it's just such an iconic uh, mask now, and what an easy costume. Just like a black uh, fucking Grim robe, Reaper yeah. robe-type thing, and then the mask. It looks cool as a scarecrow. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it didn't. I know you're not saying that. But yeah, uh, the old fun world coming through. But yeah, this is... Uh, this is just about wraps it up. So, f- closing thoughts on the Scream franchise. There's only four, and it's one of the most memorable of all the horror franchises. It definitely is. It with the least amount of entries, it's one of the one of the uh, top tiers. In if you had to rate it. Do you put it in the do you put it in the top five horror franchises? I don't I can't rate horror franchises. Why not? I just can't. I don't have like a I don't know. There's so many. How do I put them in order? I like them all for di- very different reasons. I'll say that. I definitely say it's in the top ten. Top ten? Yeah. You think there's nine other horror fr- How many horror franchises are there no, really? No, I'm not, I'm not putting that at ten. I'm saying, like, if I had to make a top ten, I would throw it's it in. It's in your top ten it's somewhere. Top 10. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So. It's probably in my top five. I, I would, It's probably in mine, too. Like but, I, like I said, I can't, I can't, I don't have a list in my head. The older I get, the more I appreciate it. And that will uh, do it. You can check us out on Instagram at HeartGuideMedia, on Twitter at HeartGuideMedia. If you listen to this and you like it, rate and review. And uh, on iTunes uh, and also on SoundCloud, you can listen. Uh, But if you are a, you know, a higher functioning human, you have an Apple device and you you, are... know what's going on so Wait, you can download the uh did you mention did i mention gal weather's streaks no too well i just did All right I'm, hey bt's talking about gal weather's streaks we're not over yet folks <laughs> i'm not over gal what about her streaks you like them what, in scream hair? 2 in scream 2 she had the best hair and it was it was then followed up by scream 3 where she had the worst hair yeah she had those weird bangs i don't bangs. mind the bangs well, you have bad taste in hair, I guess. Bridget, you want to weigh in on this? What? Do I have bad taste in hair? <laughs> in Courtney Cox hair. 
You think anybody's ever said you have bad taste in Courtney Cox hair? No. It's a Brian Tyler original. What's the best soundtrack? Scream 3. Scream 2. Going 1. Scream 3 because of Creed. Goddamn right. What if, motherfucker? Scream 2 had a great mixture of genres. That it did. Cottonmouth Kings. Yeah, it had Cottonmouth Kings. It, it had Scream, and I can't remember. Who was that one band? Who was the rapper? Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. Master P, right? Master P did. Master P, Scream. Uh, D'Angelo, she's always in my hair. Um, less than Jake's cover of I Think I Love You. Like, oh, that's right. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't get any better than Scream 2. BT's fucking skanking at the Less Than Jake show. <laughs> And you, then we got Red Right Hand again. The only soundtrack it's not in is Scream Four. Get your get your trumpet mosh on, Brian. I don't know. Or wait, what is the what is the guy in Less Than Jake play? What is that? They, they, I don't know. They play all kinds of stuff. They play a trumpet, but is it? Wait, not a trumpet. What the fuck is that, Bridget? What is that? Trombone. Is that a trombone? Yeah, it is. Francesca. <laughs> <laughs> you do a pretty good trombone. <laughs> Well, all right. Thanks, Brian. I don't want this to end, kind of, but... We could do another one. We could pump out another episode. I say we do one where we make Sean talk the whole time. Can we do one where Bridget reviews and watches a movie with us so we just hear her tear apart an 80s movie? We should do that weekly. Oh, my God. (laughs) That sounds like a great idea if Bridget's down. Is Bridget down? Bridget, <laughs> Bridget goes, I'm not. <laughs> I would Bridget love can... to just hear Bridget like do commentary on a like shitty 80s movie she's never yeah. seen. Something with a lot of nudity. She'd be like, all these girls are whores. <laughs> I don't know, Bridget. You should think about it because there'd be some real comedic value there. Am I getting paid? <laughs> Am I getting paid? Does he pay, get paid? I pay you with uh, love, compassion. Is that not enough? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I will end this episode and let everyone know that once upon a time, Brian and I were viewing Night of the Demons and Linnea Quigley was bent over in the convenience store. Every time. And when she was bent over, Bridget goes, just what everyone wants to see, an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> So on that note, Eric, we're gonna we're gonna FaceTime you right back. So s- stay on standby. Sounds good. All right. Uh, and I'll say it again: if you haven't stopped listening to this episode, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at HeartGuide Media. And uh, yeah, rate and review. And if you uh, are enamored by this episode download the other ones and uh we'll see you next time